A wild Thursday, I'm sure it will be. The Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. The free mobile app and streaming live on our Facebook channel, 97.3 ESPN FM. I'm your host, Mike Gill. That's Hunter Brody over there. Josh Henning producing today's show. You out there. What's going on, everybody? Holy moly. Flyers hockey back last night. They scored three goals while I was in the car on the ride home last night. Impressive victory, Gil. Really excited. Looked like they didn't skip a beat. Is Pittsburgh not like the same? What's going on? Oh, there? they're definitely on the downward spiral, but they're not they're not a dumpster fire by any means, but they're not as strong as they once were when they were winning back to back. Who cups. needs Neskin? We got costs. Oh yeah, a couple one, huh? Oh. Just ripping biscuits on that, getting some tips, Nolan Patrick, JVR. The Patrick goal was off his ass. Yeah, hey, they don't ask how, they ask how many. <laughs> uh, Flyers win last night, as heard right here on 97.3 ESPN. Uh, so we'll toil some hockey. We'll toil the twine a little bit with the uh, with the pucks. Uh, Flyers play tomorrow um, against the Penguins, so they run it back with the Pens, and uh, you'll hear that game right here on 97.3 ESPN. Um. Obviously, more news in Eagles land. A couple more names on the list of hires uh, on the wish list, I guess you could say. Brian Dable, they're going to talk to him. He's my he's my number one uh, draft choice if you're drafted. If you're having a fantasy draft for your favorite Eagles coach, I go Brian Dable is my guy. Uh, they're also going to talk to Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys. That one was kind of outside the... Uh, the net. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I believe it was Joe Banner on Twitter that talked about how heavy the Eagles are in analytics and how that almost went against what Kellen Moore's philosophy was. So, yeah. you know, that's something that's interesting to look at it from that perspective. Well, Kellen Moore, it's interesting because he was rumored to be the next head coach at his alma mater, Boise State, and then he decided to stay with Dallas, signed a three-year extension there. Um, I don't know, Moore... I look at it like when Dak Prescott was the quarterback there, that offense was pumping up some points. I mean, they were pretty explosive. Now, he's been there for a little while, a um, couple of years. I think this is his second year. I don't know. Does he intrigue you at all? I don't think it hurts to have the conversation, but I don't know if that's anywhere. You know, you talk about Dable being number one. I don't think it pops to that level by any means. You know, a lot of people said, and I'm not saying I fall in this camp, but they were down so much when Dak Prescott was there that, you know, it's a little bit easier to pump up 400 yards and things of that nature when you're down 24 points and you got to get yourself back in the game. Now, I'm not claiming that that's the only reason why that offense was humming. They also have a lot more weapons they than do. the Eagles do. So, you know, there's a lot that plays a role in his success You're right, and the numbers. You're right. You're right on that. Definitely no question about it that that offense – um, definitely has a lot more uh, weaponry than what the Eagles are afforded. But well, you can look at it from a quarterback standpoint. You know, like can, people have related Dak to Jalen Hurts to a degree, right? Like similar styles, kind of. Can he make that work? Can he, you know, look at that and say, I can work with this quarterback. We can get pieces, but I can work with this quarterback. Is that something Kellen Moore values? I think all offensive minds. What a what a coach is notorious for? Oh, they always feel like they can fix the 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 guy, right? I don't think there's any question that every offensive mind out there is chomping at the bit to say, I, I want to work with this guy, right? Yeah. Now did you see Troy Aikman's report? 
Was it necessarily a report or was it more no, he a statement? Said, he said something on a podcast and yeah. people were putting out stories about it. So, yes, correct. It's not a report, but people are re- just quoting what he was saying about, you know, how Doug Peterson wanted to move with Jalen Hurts and it seemed like the front office didn't want to go in that direction. That just opens up another can of worms. Yeah, that basically, you know, um, that he was on a podcast and he said, he, you know, P- Peterson essentially was ready to go and have Hurts be his guy. I think that... That tends to say that the thoughts of they didn't get along was probably pretty accurate. Yeah, and, and instantly we think about Carson Wentz's mentality and his personality through this, but is it fair to question Doug Peterson's too? Now, Doug seems to be this guy who sticks up for everyone, and you know he has this personality where it's hard to think that he would be stubborn inside to a degree from a personality standpoint because everyone loves playing for him, but I mean... How can you allow it to get this mushy? It's hard for me to just blame Wentz's personality, and I think that's naturally where everybody goes. It's, well, how is it How is it that Carson Wentz can do this and do that and not listen to the coach? But if it gets this ugly, there's got to be something from a Doug Peterson perspective too, no? Like, how come he couldn't work with Wentz? How come the disconnect happened? Because he was already working with them. What, you're saying that he did so much for him, at some point he just hit a breaking point and said, I'm done with it, well, screw it? It's like, you're saying, how come everybody else wants to get their hands on him, but how come Peterson does? Yeah, Because he's already, he's, already, he's already been there. Yeah, I kind of, I related to this just because it, it's something that happened recently. It's it's when the MLB had those issues and everyone was blaming the owners. Owners, owners, owners. And it's almost like everyone wasn't aware that the players were asking for nonsense as well. It was both parties that had these issues when trying to come to a common ground. So apply that to this. Why is it always we just say whence and it's not like, is, mate, is there something to be said about how Doug Peterson handled this as well? I'm not saying it is. Sure. I'm just I'm trying to look at it objectively on both sides. Like there's got to be a way a relationship falls apart. Is it just one guy or is no? Both, I don't think it's just. Guys? I think they both have fought here. But you know, to answer, go back to the point you were making is like Kellen Moore. He's an offensive mind. Brian Dable. He's an offensive mind. They see a guy who was the number two pick in the draft, a guy who was an MVP level player, and they're going to say, "I would love." You know, that's why. That player bounces around the league. Even if they stink in one place, Josh Rosen keeps getting a job because someone will say, we had him high on our draft board at one point. Let me get my chance to work with him. So everyone's going to want to say, I want to work with Carson Wentz. But I bet you I know who doesn't want to work with Josh Rosen again. Whoever was his first coach says, that guy stunk. Get him out of here. So it's not going to be like, um, who was it? Steve Wilkes was he's the coach in Arizona when they drafted Rosen. How do I remember that? I don't know. Yeah, he had one year. Yeah, he was one and done. But I'm sure if Steve Wilkes ever got a job, he's not making a call to say Rosen's the guy that I want. So he's already you know gone through it. So no, that's, that's why Peterson I think is saying I had Wentz. I think I got the most out of him, and I know that I can get more out of this guy, or I'm more intrigued by getting something out of this guy than trying to get more out of that guy. That's fair. It's just because we always talk about coaches thinking that they can do better, and they can, it's almost as if though you've seen this, you've succeeded with this guy to a crazy MVP level. So how did it fall apart, right? I mean, I guess that's the difference with Josh Rosen, Rosen and Steve Wilkes. They never really had that. If Josh Rosen had an MVP season with Steve Wilkes, then it almost adds a whole nother conversation to the mix. Doug and Carson were 
worked. They worked, and they were at the top of the league when they were together. So that's where I'm having the problem. It's it's not as if they failed for three years and they never had any success. Then I think it's a more reasonable topic. But to know that together you guys were, no one could stop you. How did this go so south? You know, it's like that's where I'm having this this problem internally. It would be different if they never had it together, but they did. And it's not only like they had it to a 10-win season they had it to a Super Bowl okay, run Okay, but you've said this a lot, and I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that Doug was a good play caller and that maybe other people uh, caught on to him or that he got a little stale. Well, maybe Wentz got stale and wasn't willing to evolve his game or his work ethic or, you know, we've kept hearing, we keep hearing um, he doesn't, uh, he's stubborn. And he doesn't like to be coached really hard. You know, the fact that Press Taylor is a friend of his. Can't have that. And maybe that was stunting his growth. Oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I think that that can play a role in it. You know, there's another guy in this city right now that seems like isn't taking that big step and, and adding to the game like we would like him to. So for sure, and if that is it, and that's one of the reasons why Doug Peterson is fed up, then okay, I can totally support that. And I'm not ruling that out. That absolutely can play a role. I just... I don't know, maybe it's just the way I view relationships, whether it's like me and you or me and Josh, the way that I handle people that I work with. I don't know how it could ever get to the point of that ugly turmoil when when you guys have reached such high success together at one point, but maybe that's the downfall of it all. You know, we, we talked about this before. The Super Bowl could possibly have been the best thing for this fan base and the best thing for Jeffrey Lurie, Owie Roseman, and this franchise Yet the worst thing at the same time, because then it just it changes expectations, it changes the mindset, and all that. Well, look, a lot of teams have won Super Bowls, and then, like I think Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie both said it. The problem is we don't like Howie, so we don't want to listen to what he says and take it, you know, take it in. And I think Lurie's starting to go down that path too, where we're just so disenchanted by him that what these guys say we don't listen and we don't care. But they both kind of admit it. They won the Super Bowl, and that because they won the Super Bowl, they deviated from the way they would typically run the organization. And by deviating from that, Roseman is being looked at as he's done a lousy job because why? They went for it. They won in 17, and instead of making some tough decisions and moving on from some guys, the Phillies did this too. Because they won a Super Bowl, instead of cutting ties with guys and maybe trying to freshen it up, they brought a lot of those faces back. They got close. I mean, what if Alshon Jeffrey catches that pass? Who knows what happens? Well, he doesn't catch the pass. So it makes you think, man, if Jeffrey catches that pass, we're right there again. Let's go for it again in 19. So they go for it again in 19. And that makes them make decisions that they probably wouldn't have made because in their minds, and the fans' minds too, let's not take ourselves out of this, they were right there. They were close enough to say, go for it again. And that kind of altered the way that the Eagles would typically do business. And look, it's put them in a spot now where they signed some contracts they probably wouldn't have signed. It put them in some salary cap situations that doesn't erase the fact that they missed on some draft picks that could have helped them out. But because of it, they only had 10 draft picks over a two-year span. 
and that's not very good. Part of the reason they only had 10 draft picks is because they gave away a lot to go get Carson Wentz. So there's a lot of factors as to why this team is where he is, but some of those factors the fans endorsed, which was go for it in 18, go for it in 19, and quite frankly, go for it in 20. We didn't think this team was a 4-11-1 team. No, we did not. No, and, and I think as the, the go-for-it mentality wouldn't have been as bad, as you mentioned, if you did hit on some of those draft picks because then it would make a lot more sense. You'd have more talent out there, and you'd be able to produce at another level. So I, I think that's where it came down when it was the, the draft pick missing that really hurt this team as of late down the stretch. I'm a little confused on the messaging, though, because I understand that they are committed at this point to somewhat refresh this thing, retool. One of the problems they had with Doug Peterson is he wanted to try and win again next season, while the front office doesn't care as much, apparently, winning next year. Well, so what does that mean? for my, Just real quick, I just feel, when you look at a head coach, what's your message to this coach? We care about winning. We want to win. We're retooling. I want to know, what are they telling this next coach? Because if you left Doug Peterson out because he wanted to win next year, what do you tell the next coach coming in? It's a good question. Um, how, in other words, how are you selling this position? Right. Well, I think you're selling it as look at look at our history, look at our past, look at what we've done. We've spent money. We've gone. We've been active in free agency. We'll make trades. That's who we are. I mean, I think if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you don't have to worry about somebody questioning your organization's will to want to win. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think it's to that level. But I, I just think it's a it, it's an awkward spot to be in because you just said one of the reasons why Doug Peterson's not here is because he wanted to win and we didn't this year. I'm not saying from a coaching standpoint, I mean, I guess if, if the ownership is telling you, hey, you have a couple years, mm -hmm. that seems like you have a little bit of safety in a comfort zone because it's not like, hey, you got to win 13 games your first year. So it might be a comfortable position for a coach to come into. I just think the messaging's a little bit off. I mean, well, you have a new coach coming in. I think you're understanding that that job's available because you didn't meet the expectations or that the team's going in another direction, right? Like, Urban Meyer is interested in Jacksonville, not because they're a good team and they're ready to win. It's because he's going to get to go there and mold that team the way he wants to because of all the draft capital that they have. The Eagles situation, you're going to say to a guy, look, we feel, I would imagine anyway, we feel pretty strong that you're walking into a spot. There's a lot of teams in this league that lose. And there's a lot of teams that lose in this league because they don't have a quarterback. We feel like we have two and you're going to get to pick which one you want. Do you think that's the case, though? Because if they, if Doug Peterson, right, if what Troy Aikman said on the podcast was true, Doug wanted to move on, and Howie and Jeffrey Lurie looked at Carson Wentz and said, look, we paid this guy, this is who we want to commit to, does he really have that freedom of picking what quarterback they want to operate with? Most says this a lot when we talk to him about quarterback controversies and quarterback camps. When Mike Vick was here, they said it was, but at the end of the day, it wasn't. They knew who they were sticking with. I just wonder if that's a similar situation where it's, hey, you know, this is going to be open. If Hurts can win it, he can win it. But at the end of the day, they know that they're committed to that quarterback. I don't know. It's, this is one of, it's like that gets lost almost, the quarterback debate, because the head coach just got fired. I already won a Super Bowl three years ago. 609-403-0973. 609-403-0973. Texas, your thoughts on the Eagles. Uh, we will continue our Eagles conversation. But I want to get into this James Harden stuff. I thought about it because, like, yesterday, in the moment when it was happening, 
I felt a certain way, like, wow, this is going to happen. And I didn't really feel like I'm excited because we're getting hardened or I'm disappointed because we're losing Ben. I was kind of like in the moment, so I didn't have, it was almost like I couldn't figure out a way to feel because I was trying to figure out how to cover it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's like when it happens that quickly, it's all like you got to gather your emotions because it's such a big move. Well, that's where like, you know, people act like when, when you cover a team, like, you know, these beat guys, like, you know, you're... You're not a fan first. You're you're doing your job first. And in that moment, I'm doing my job. Like I don't know if I like the move, don't like the move. All I'm thinking is, who can we get to talk about this? You know, what do you know, how does it help? Blah 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 blah. So last night I felt, man, am I glad they didn't get James Harden. Wow. And there's a couple of reasons, a couple a multiple reasons why. And I wonder if people out there agree. I think it's a good thing the Sixers did not land James Harden. Do you agree? 609-403-0973. Hit us up on the text board. A couple people already are. They're watching live on our Facebook channel, and I appreciate that. We're going to do a lot more of this stuff. We'll have more details, but uh, watch us live on Facebook. You can interact with the show over there. If you text or uh, tweet or Facebook message us, uh, we will uh, you know, engage with you guys there. It could be a lot of that kind of cool stuff. So here's my thought. Two, multiple things. One. I think a lot of people wanted James Harden because they're frustrated with Ben Simmons, and that is fair, okay? It's fair to be frustrated with Ben Simmons. I don't have a problem trading Ben Simmons, but I'm not, I don't want to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden. To me, James Harden is not a winning player, all right? He's just not a winning player. He's a good player. He's a great player. He's a great player, but he's not a winning player. You have the guy in your front office who has the knowledge of who he was about to deal with. I am going to trust Daryl Morey to make the decision. Look, Tyrese Maxey did not get in the way of a deal, all right? Daryl Morey is smart enough and has pulled the trigger on big enough deals to say, if you get a superstar in this league, you make the deal. There was something that he did not want to make that deal. There's a reason. So guess what? I'm going to side with Maury here, then, man, I'm really frustrated with Ben Simmons. That's my angle, first and foremost. Two, Ben Simmons is still on this team, which means he's still an asset that you can flip. And I'd much rather try to get Bradley Beal or Devin Booker or somebody that's a better culture guy than James Harden. So I am trusting that Maury knew or knows that Harden's not the right guy for this team and this organization and this culture, and yet I can still make a move. We're eight games into the season. You don't have to pull the trigger that quickly. It seems like a panic that the Brooklyn Nets panicked. They got freaking Durant on their team. Let them play a year with. They did exactly what they did a couple of years ago. They panicked and threw their whole future away. These guys can all opt out after next season. And then they have no draft choices. They're right back to the Nets that they were. I think Maury made the right play, and I'm good with not getting James Harden because I think something – they don't need to get a player of that magnitude if Ben Simmons has these pieces around him. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, uh, I was with you until the end. I, I don't know if this team can get it done when it comes down to half-court sets and slow-down basketball, if this is the version of Ben that you're going to get. And I even questioned that when they were on that 7-1 and one run to start the season. So the way that I feel about this is, I didn't want Daryl Morey to outbid what the Nets did. Like, there is a point where... I'm not going to outbid that. That got a little absurd. They they had eight draft picks involved. Like, at some point, it's a little aggressive. They had the four first-rounders, the four pick swaps. At some point, you need to trust this guy. This is a high, high, high-end president of basketball operations. As you said, he's been involved in so many moves before. I'm going to trust this guy if he realized, I don't know if this is worth it. It's not Matisse Thibel that was the difference maker in this. If you get James Harden, you move on from those type of pieces. So... I'm going to go with trusting him, but if he did pull the trigger and it wasn't something that outbid the Brooklyn Nets and it was, you know, something a little bit more reasonable, I wouldn't have been disappointed either because I think James Harden and Joel Embiid could have been a lethal duo at the same time. So I'm indifferent. I wouldn't have been mad, but I sit here today with more of a, you know, rational look on it because I, I let the emotion set in and I'm okay with this because I think Daryl Morey is going to be patient and I think he's going to wait for the right move and there will be a corresponding move possibly. I don't know if they're thrilled with Ben to this well, point. My, but. And the point I was making on the last point was, was this. I'm not judging Ben Simmons on playing with Isaiah Joe and Dakota Mathias. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I get it. You're frustrated because you wanted more out of him on that night. But I'm not judging him playing with those guys. Let me judge him playing with the guys that he's going to play with. And if he continues to frustrate me, but quite frankly, I haven't been frustrated with Ben this year with that group of guys. When he plays with Seth Curry and Danny Green and they've got looks and he's got space, I don't have a problem with what I've seen from Ben Simmons. So I will keep Ben, those guys, and add to that. Like if I can get another shooter to pair with them, if I can get a guy who can complement um, you know, kind of be a better version of Danny Green, you know, because I'm not so sure that Danny Green is going to hit nine threes <laughs> every single night. You don't night. think so? <laughs> and I don't know how many minutes a game Danny Green can give me at a high level. So I wouldn't mind finding another guy that is similar to, you know, a guy who can catch and shoot. You know, I'd love to see like a J.J. Redick playing less minutes but having the same role. But I would – I have no problem with Ben Simmons – the way he played the first seven games. I, I really don't. I mean, he had space to roam, but he's so unselfish that he's willing to kick it out to guys like Curry and Green, and when they're knocking down shots, good luck. Who are you, who are you taking out? We've talked about it so many times. If, if, if Curry's on the three-point line, that defender has to go out towards him because they cannot let a guy who hits 45% of his threes catch and shoot all night long. So... I think we got frustrated because of what we saw, and I think if you add to what you have, I will I will think that Maury can find that piece rather than knee-jerk reaction and give away Simmons and Maxie and, and yada yada for Harden, a guy that he has intimate knowledge of what kind of human being it is. I'm not discrediting any of that, especially what happened in the beginning of the season with Ben hitting Seth, hitting Danny Green. Like, the offense definitely had wide open looks, but even through the first eight games, and I was kind of getting, like, destroyed for it, if that works in half-court playoff basketball, then I'm with you. It can work. I'm just questioning, you know, look, Charlotte Hornets and LaMelo Ball on the Tuesday nights, 
I don't know. Does that relate to Giannis yeah. and the Greek freak on a on a game three where there's been two adjustments? We're already? copacetic on that. We, yeah. I need to see him against better competition. Yeah. No question. We're yeah. definitely copacetic on that. But what I've seen so far with this roster is fundamentally there's more room for Ben to roam and the defense has to make a decision. Do I want to sag off and take away Ben's lanes to the basket? Or do I want to step out and take away Curry and Green and their look? Which is kind of funny, though, because if you're thinking about it strategically, right, I'd almost say, dude, Ben, you want to take twos? I'll give you twos all day. Because in this era of basketball, if you trade twos for threes, two for threes, you're going to end up winning. So it's kind of funny that it's like, oh, Danny Green, you mean the shooter who's been in the league for 12 years knocking down at a 40% clip? Yeah, you can have it. I don't want to give Ben a two. It's it's kind of silly, though. You'd think you'd trade two for threes. WinBet has arrived in New Jersey. Download BetWin. Go to winbet.com and sign up and start winning today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Conditions apply. Must be 21 and physically present in New Jersey to participate. We're just rocking on a Thursday. Coming up, inside the Sixers, Paul Hudrick will join us today. Sixers tonight. They take on the Heat. Kevin McCormick will jo- join Josh during game night live from the Wells Fargo Center. Andrew DeCecco, football at four. Watch us live on the 97.3 ESPN Facebook page, on our mobile app, and more. It's the Sports Bash. Turn it on. Is 97.3 ESPN. All right, 229 Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN, the free mobile app, live on Facebook.com, live video. You can watch the show, interact with us there. A lot of comments on the Facebook page already. We will uh, pop them up on the screen. So if you're watching, we will uh, pop your comments up and start to react to them. It's kind of like the Anytime Hotline, except for like in print. Yeah, they get to look at two good-looking individuals. (laughs) Two good-looking individuals. Speaking of, so I lost all this weight, right? I'm still, like, way overweight, but I lost a lot of weight. So I need new clothes. I mean, everything doesn't fit me. I mean, literally. Good problem to have. Yeah, except it's expensive. So I was telling you, I got this stitch fix. So basically, they send me a box of clothes, like, once a month. And then I pick out what I want, and then I send the stuff I don't like, I send it back. But you have to pay for, you know, it's like 20 bucks a month. They send you a box of clothes, and then whatever you like, you pay for it less 20 bucks. Now, how many are in this box, though? Like, when you get the box and you five. open it. Okay, so there's five. Okay, five. It could be whatever you want. You don't know what's coming, but you tell them ahead of time. Hey, send me shoes. Send me belts. Send me shirts. Send me jeans. Send me t-shirts. Send me hoodies. You pick, and then you go to the website, and then you can um, – they'll show you clothes, and you'll say, do you like this? Do you like that? If you hit yes or no, then they they have a stylist who takes, like, what you like and what you don't like, and then they kind of formulate a box for you. Have you ever sent back the box saying, I don't like any of these five? I've only got one box. I sent back oh, okay. four of the five. I okay. kept one I, – I kept something from the last bit. I liked everything they sent me, but it was like – do I want to pay 62 bucks for this shirt? I don't really, like, you know, it's like, basically, 
like getting Christmas once a month. Like, hey, I just want to see what they want to send me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? When I hear stuff like that, I always think about the preparation of coming up with this concept. I think it's genius. Like, I really do think that that is a home run type of idea. I would love to get into the mind of the people that sat around the table and was like, hold on a second. I have an idea here. I'm just going to send people close. I'm just going to send people close. Yeah, like, I'm going to go shopping for you and put it in a box um, and send it to you. It's Christopher great. G. Anderson on the uh, Facebook page. Nice job on the weight loss. Thanks, Christopher. Yeah, I actually weighed myself for the first time in a couple weeks, and I'm also doing the whole dieting thing. I've been the lowest I've ever been, and it's almost scaring me. Like, does it keep going down? Am I going to be the same <laughs> weight as I was in high school one day? Like, you know what I mean? Just like a twig? Well, sadly, this isn't the lowest I've ever been, but it's been the lowest I've been in quite some time. Let's say that. So anyway, I got the first box of my Stitch Fix like a month or so ago, and they're supposed to send them. I have it. You can schedule like every two to three weeks, every month, every two months. You can set the frequency. So I have it sent for every two to three weeks. So I got an alert from Stitch Fix saying that my box was coming on January the 7th. Still don't have it. Whoa. So I got a message about the postal service is delayed and they're so behind. So I finally today, my girlfriend just sent me a picture. The box is finally there. So here we are, January 14th, one week later than I was supposed to get it. That box is there. So I'm all excited when I get home. It's like Christmas, baby. Well, here's the thing. Are you going to get another box? If, let's say, USPS is on time for the next two, three weeks, are you going to get another box in one week? I don't know, but here's the problem. Because they send you a prepackaged like, return thing. For whatever you don't want, you're, you put it in the bag and then return it. But that has, um, like, an expiration. Like, you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to send it back by this date. Well, if you get the receipt that when you bring it to the USPS or whatever, they give you that barcode, can you just prove, like, hey, I sent it back They're here? not usually too stringent on it. Like, if I bring it to the post office, you know, they don't really come. But, I mean, I was, when my girlfriend sent me the picture, she took a picture of the box and has all these arrows pointing at it. I sent back the meme of the guy from, um... Oh, man. The HBO show um, where he's like, victory! Oh, Entourage. Entourage. Yeah, yeah. That's how I felt when she sent me the picture of that box on the floor. Like, when I get home tonight, now I'm a shopper. Me too. All right? I am constantly, like, always buying new clothes. I'm, I'm out. Like, my, like, I'm the perfect boyfriend because your girlfriend wants to go to the store and I have no problem. When they're shopped out, I'm like, you sure you don't want to go to one more? Right? So I have no problem. So... This is like exciting for me. I'm going home tonight, and I got a box of clothes, and I'm just going to rip through right now. Now, are you interested in her sending you pictures? Or are you? I don't want to. I see actually them. thought about that. Like, hey, why don't you open the box and send me pictures of what's in that box? But I'm kind of like, you know what? I want to be excited when I get home. You'd be happier when you get home for sure. You think? Should oh I, yeah. Should I not tell her to send me the box? But yeah, I agree that you should wait till you Look get at home. Look the pictures she sent me. I, yeah, let me take a peek. Wow. Now here's the thing. When He's you get arrows pointing at <laughs> when you get home, would you be able to have the will inside of you to eat dinner first, no. ask her how her night was, or you get home, drop the bag, rip open the box? Dude, I have been looking on the porch for that box every and one night something came in the mail at like nine thirty randomly one night. Cause like I'll order stuff from like Poshmark or Mercari. And I got a message on my phone, like, your shipment has arrived. And I was like, it's 9.30. And I went out there, and sure enough, it was sitting on the porch. So, no, I'm going to get home, and I'm going to be like, 
Where's that fox, baby? I'll get my coffee. Ooh, I respect that. Yeah, I was waiting for my paycheck for quite some time. Finally came in. I know that feeling when you get that alert that a box is sitting out there. You run out, you go get it. You should have saw me. I was running out. Where's that? Where's that damn paycheck? Finally got it. I know that feeling. 609-403-0973. Let's look at some of the uh, Facebook messages on the live Facebook stream. Uh, Clark Burns says if they can make a deal for Bradley Beal and somehow keep Simmons, they will become a, a big three. Look, Bradley Beal's the guy, man. If I can get Bradley Burns, uh, Bradley Burns, <laughs> Bradley Beal, I, I combined the, the guy who left the message, Clark Burns, with Bradley Beal. If I can get Bradley Beal, I don't even care if Simmons is involved in the trade. I think he, he has to be. I don't know how else you can get him with that. I know this is where I'm, I'm losing the disconnect here is, you know, there's people who look at Tyrese Maxey as some stud that's going to give you so much trade value to go get you with Bradley Beal. No, no, no. Look, nice player. He's not moving the needle for Washington. you got to have Ben Simmons in the deal for Bradley Beal. But we can both admit that Bradley Beal and James Harden, there's a difference in the two. Right? Like, James Harden is, is a better player and gives you more of a championship window. I'll take Bradley Beal all the time. There's no – you don't I'm have to knocking, sell me. I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying, if you were to look at the two, you know, when you look at it from 1 to 10, if James Harden's 10, Bradley Beal's an 8.5, would, would you agree with that assessment or no? Do you see it differently? Yeah, oh, I think Harden's a more dynamic overall scorer, but Beal, younger, all of it. Yeah, Beal, to me – is a, a less selfish, need-the-ball, ball-hogging compliment to Embiid. Now, there are some that are concerned. If you did get Harden, how does that impact how great Joel Embiid has been? Are you taking the ball out of his hands more? Is he being as much of an efficient scorer? Yeah, give me a good big man that Harden's played with. Everybody <laughs> Robert, acts like... Robert Covington. Right, everybody he was their big man. Everybody acts like Harden and Embiid would be this great pairing... I've never seen Harden play with a big man. Can he even do it? Dwight Howard was the one that he did, right? When they got him at Houston, that was his legitimate big man before they made the move and went small. Howard's never been a great scorer, though. No, he he's, can foul. He's a banger. Yeah, but in his prime, he would score a lot of points, but not in a graceful way. I agree with you. Right? Yeah, I agree uh, with you. Kevin Palick on the Facebook live stream. Bradley Beal is the top target, someone who can shoot but also play D. Yeah, I feel like the people out there are pretty... Like, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that people maybe calm down from the thought of getting hardened and are focusing on they can make this this team better by not breaking it up. Or if you give up Ben Simmons, you can still get a better player that fits better with this team than James Harden. Hypothetically, if they did get Bradley Beal, would you go Maxi Beal or Maxi? How would you set this lineup up? I mean, see, he, yeah, Maxi would take over for Simmons. Right, that's what I'm and saying. And then Beal would take over for Green. Okay, because I was going to say he's not your traditional. Hey, let me run the offense point guard. He can obviously put the ball in his hands, but you would go Maxi, Seth, Beal, Tobias, and B. Uh, Brandon on the Facebook live stream. Durant and Harden are better than Pierce Garnett were at the time. They're younger, too. No, I would agree with that for sure. It's not the same exact thing, but they mortgaged a lot of their future for this. I would take this over the situation they did with the Celtics, though, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Joe Alfonso on the Facebook live. Harden would have been a huge mistake. He's not a winner, and he's aging. Doc has this team clicking, and Joel looks like the MVP right now. Ben also seems to be committed as well. Let the team and develop and add on later. 
Yeah, that's essentially my message. How does this impact Ben Simmons, though? Tonight, let's say. He knows he's in the rumors. He knows. And this isn't the same as last time. Now, this was more intense. Did you see the report that he was ecstatic that he didn't get traded? I did see that. How does that make you feel? I don't know. I mean, is that maybe just something that makes the fan base happy? Like, I'm not saying that report's fake or anything. you think Ben Simmons cares about what the fan base thinks? No, no, no. But I'm saying, is was that a report where, you know, Ben's just playing up to it? Like, yeah, hey, yeah, I'm happy to be here kind of thing. Is he just playing up to the, hey, I'm glad I'm here. I want to go win a championship. Sort of, he's just giving you a player speak more so than he's jumping up for joy in his bedroom when he realized he was going to the Brooklyn Nets and not Philadelphia. How about our own Pete Thompson weighing in on the Facebook live stream? He says, yes, a divisive presence, dot, 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 Harden. Do you think that that's getting overblown? No. Okay. I don't know. A little bit of me thinks if Harden's where he wants to be, he's not acting this way. Um, there's something to be said for that, but I think what turned me off about Harden is that it's you know some people saying it's Harden's way or no, like he. In other words, he wants everybody to acquiesce to what he wants. We have to run the offense the way I want to run the offense. They had to set that whole offense like Dan Tony set that whole up thing up for him. And not that Dan Tony didn't want to. That's the style he wanted to play, but. I don't know. Yeah, that was my question. Is like, did they do that because it was their best option to do that? James Harden seems to me like this. It's like Dominique Wilkins, not the same player, but the same concept. Human highlight film. Harden is a highlight film, but not a championship player. That's how I view Westbrook, but I view yeah. Harden differently than Westbrook. I think Harden has more potential to actually win that championship than Westbrook. Westbrook's that guy that just, he goes for the stat sheet every night. He wants to pad that. He doesn't relate to legitimate winning. I'll throw this at you because here's another name that I think people are showing that knee-jerk reaction vibe right now where they said they'd be willing to do it for Zach Levine. It's like, if Ben Simmons can get you Harden or Bradley Beal, I, look, Zach Levine can score points, but do you see the difference in those two compared to Zach Levine? If you're telling me you're just moving Simmons for Levine, I'm very underwhelmed with that. I, I don't think that's something you should do. Matt on the Facebook live stream says, as a fan, the frustration with Ben is ultimately the bottom line. I don't know what he means by that. Is he like me where I kind of hit my breaking is point? Is he saying that, he says, as a fan, the frustration with Ben is ultimately the bottom line. We'd have to have him way back in. Yeah, you're going to have to. Uh, like, what's the bottom line? What does that know. mean? I know. I'm like, I can see him say, as a fan, the frustration with Ben is ultimately what's my breaking point. Yeah, I hit that breaking point yesterday, Gil. I really did. And I don't know how Ben's going to suck me back in. He's had games after a lot of criticism where he's shown up. And I don't know if, if he goes off tonight, if that's enough to really shake me back into this thing. Brandon, Simmons should take this as a reality check that he needs to step it up. His lack of offensive progression is frustrating. Well put. Do you think Simmons looks in the mirror and say, I'm at the point where they want to trade me now because of my inability to evolve my game? Well, it's been four years of this, so and, and it was wrong in the beginning. Now it's justifiable. I would like for him to do that. Do I think he will? No. Do you think he will? No. <laughs> no is that our problem, though? Text board 609-403-0973. Well, everybody thought when there was a new coach here that the coach would say, and I'm not making it as a light joke, that it was Brett Brown's fault. He needs to make Ben Simmons shoot. Well, Doc Rivers isn't making Ben Simmons shoot either. And I said that. No coach is coming in here and making Ben Simmons shoot. It's not happening. So you can blame Brett Brown all you want about all the problems with this team. 
I think if you really want to look in the mirror, this is a player's league, and Ben Simmons, the player, he's the one that is choosing not to evolve his game, not Brett Brown, because let me tell you, Doc Rivers can tell you all he wants. He doesn't care if Ben Simmons shoots. I guarantee you he goes home at night and says, damn, this guy won't shoot, and I can't make him. Because no coach is making a player do something he doesn't want to do. The players are too powerful. And he can't tick off Ben Simmons, so this is what he gets. I had to figure out a way to coach around what Ben Simmons' liabilities are. And that's what you get. Some questioned if the best mentality for Doc Rivers coming into this thing was putting the foot down early. Instead of saying, hey, I don't care, he can do whatever, he's dynamic. If he stepped into that, that uh, I almost said Novacare complex, that new facility down in Camden and put his foot down day one and said, Ben, you're shooting. You are adding to your game. You will be a different player. Do you think that this would have all changed? No. Alright. Nope. Ben doesn't want to shoot. I don't even think that he doesn't want to. I feel like he's not comfortable doing it. I see him drain 50 in a row when we no one's watching. It, yeah. I know. It's wild. Sports Best brought to you by Matt Black Kia, 6211, Black Horse Pike, EHT. I'm Mike Gill at Mike Gill Show. We are live. You can check us out on the Facebook live stream. A lot of comments coming in on Facebook. We thank you for finding us over there. Go to our Facebook page. You can watch us on the website, 973ESPN.com. That'll link you to the live video. If you follow us on Twitter, you can get it there. If you have the free mobile app, you can watch on your phone. We send out an alert at the beginning of each show so you can watch the show live. And uh, it's cool. When you post your message to the Facebook page, we throw it up on the video player so you can uh, watch us talk about your reaction. You can still text in 609-403-0973. We'll read off some of your texts coming up. There's never an off-season for the NFL. It's football at 4 every day at 4 p.m. on the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN and the free mobile app. It's a new day. Start off the new year with a new ride from Rossi Honda. Lease a new Honda Civic for only $119 a month. Or lease a new Honda Accord for only $209 a month. Plus, Rossi's free oil changes for... Yeah. All right, Sports Bash Live, 250 on a Thursday. Mike and Broads here on 97.3 ESPN. And, of course, you out there, listen to us live on the app. Watch us live on the Facebook live stream. Uh, Matt checked back in. He says, yes, it's the breaking point, actually. So we were asking what was his point with what he said. It's the breaking point, actually. So thank you, Matt. A lot of text messages, 609-403-0973. Yeah, we've added... Another way that you can interact with the show, and I think it's the coolest way yet. You can watch the show live on our Facebook channel, and you can get that a lot of ways. You can go to our website. There's a link to it on the website. You can have the free mobile app. You can do it right there. You can watch us on Facebook. If you follow us on Twitter, we tweet out the link. And when you comment on the video, we can pop your comments up on the screen and talk about them and go back and forth and have more interaction just like the text board, like this text message that says, I agree with Mike. Even if Harden wins the 76ers, 
uh, was with, even if Harden was with the 76ers, he would not help them win one. With Ben and his progression with Joel, they can win one if surrounded with the right pieces. That's from Mark in Pleasantville. I don't know that they couldn't win a championship with Harden. I just don't think it's a slam dunk guarantee that it's worth the possibility of the problems that could come with it. I'm just losing so much faith in Ben, and I'll say this. 100 out of 100 times, I would allow him to grow and develop. And, you know, there's been people who are saying, this is who he has been for four years. Well, guess what? Giannis wasn't who he was now four years ago. You guys want to trade Ben Simmons for Zach Levine. Zach Levine was not who he was couple of years ago like you need to allow these athletes to grow and, and mold into who they're going to be at the NBA level I just think for Ben Simmons sake there hasn't been enough to show me that we're on a trajectory that will make me excited in that time range that I always look at as hey let's go win a championship by that time he's not going to be where we need him to so I'm always for allowing guys to grow but I just don't see that that trajectory that I personally need he's Still very young, he but is. yes, I agree that you would think by his fourth season that his game, something about his offensive game would evolve. Like, he has an elbow jumper now, or, you know, he's a little bit more aggressive to the basket. He still doesn't want to go to the line. He still doesn't have that little elbow jumper. Everything is very similar to where he was as a rookie. And when you watch Embiid, like I don't think Embiid is that finished product yet that you need to really go win a title, but he's sure damn getting close to it. And you can see that. You can legitimately see how Joel Embiid's game has gotten significantly better over the last handful of years. I still think that, you know, to really get this team to where they need to be needs a little bit more for sure, and, and that's not a knock on him. But you can obviously see it with your eyes that he has elevated. Even if it's what he has always done, it's just to a more efficient pace. This mid-range jumper off the dribble is more efficient. The three-point shooting, more efficient. The post play, more efficient. It's the same game. He's just doing it at a higher level at a better pace. With, with Ben... You know, he actually has to add more, which is, it's not just about doing the same thing at a more efficient pace. There's more that needs to be added. And it's just so disappointing because if he did it, he does so many things at an elite level. Defense, facilitating, passing the basketball, rebounding. He does it all. There's one thing he's missing, and that one thing, sadly, can be the downfall of it, of of, the, of his whole entire career. It possibly could be. All right, uh, more text messages. I'm glad they did not make the trade for Harden. He plays too much iso ball. That would probably take the ball out of Embiid's hands way too much. I think everybody just assumes that him and Embiid are this perfect piece together. And that guy's point is, my point is, I should say, not that guy's point, is what big man has Harden played with that that has excelled? Well, just to play the other side, you know, Embiid is a different beast, right? He's a different type of player. Yeah, but Who is Harden going to acquiesce to him? I think it can work, sure. I don't think it's... I'm not saying it can't. I'm just right. saying, I don't think it's a slam dunk that Harden and Embiid, because people are like, oh, Harden can score. And right, pick and rolls, that's what a lot of people mention. I don't think it will absolutely work at ease, like, automatically. I think it's fair to question it. I just don't like the, hey, all he plays is ISO, so that means no one else is going to get going. The guy is one hell of a passer, and he, he gets a lot of assists, James Harden does. He does. He does get a lot of assists. Uh, Mike's point about Ben is the problem. When Curry, etc., are out there, he needs to be more aggressive and take ownership of the court. He doesn't do that. He doesn't adjust his game when guys are out. See, I disagree. I think when Curry is out there and Green is out there, he has been more aggressive. But 
he has more room to get to the basket. But the problem is, he gets to the basket and he scores sometimes, and then other times they try cutting him off, and then that's when he kicks it out, and these guys are getting wide-open looks. So I think Curry has made Ben a better offensive player, but the problem is when Curry's not there and Green's not there on the court together, you can't have that big of a change. That's the problem. The drop-off of when those guys aren't out there with them with the spacing, it changes Ben so much that it becomes a detriment. All right, when we come back, we got plenty more on this deal. The Eagles, the names, we'll it's give them to you. Sixers.